the Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast, the long-awaited return of the pod. We are back uh, live with you for the FA Cup special uh, today, FA Cup third round, Palace at home to Southampton. It's a 12.30 kickoff. We've got 35 minutes to go to get to the ground. We just parked up, so uh, we should be all right. But we wanted to uh, just do a quick introduction to, to today's pod, given that Luke's lined up a, a bumper edition. Luke, where have you been? Same place you've been, mate. You know, I'm feeling the magic of the cup today, bruv. Let's concentrate on that, you know, the game today. Um, a strong lineup from from what, what we've seen. Um, I expected to be a few more changes, but um, yeah, look, we're taking the cup seriously as we did last season, and let's hope for a, another cup run. That'll be nice. A bit of positivity is what we need. Need something at the minute because yeah. last last few um, last few uh, results have been well. We've had a, we've had a win away at Bournemouth in the mix, but the, the, looking back at it, actually. Me and you the other night on the way back from the from the game were reflecting on probably the last couple of months, obviously with the World Cup break in between. But even before that, Palace being pretty disappointing, picking up results here and there. But like performance-wise, which is always what's been very strong under Vieira, um, it's been a bit iffy. Yeah, and we've got a few results, don't we, on this season. And obviously we've come from behind a few times and shown that resilience. And obviously that's that's buoyed a few people. But for me, the game against Forest was was terrible before the uh, before the winter break World Cup break I should say um, and then obviously you've got the anticipation you know of, of what that six week period of the Fulham game you had Boxing Day chance to get out of the house you know been with the family for two days need to need a bit of a rest and to have that then that, that such a, a terrible performance obviously two men set off and, and losing 3-0 at home um, it's pretty uninspiring and then obviously to follow it up with a, a 4-0 defeat against Tottenham Oh, bruv, as I said, we need a bit of positivity. We need we need something to go our way today. Um, and you've got to hope that playing a, a Southampton team that have got 12 points all season, they're banging trouble at the bottom. They might hope, you might hope that they say, you know, sod this for the cup. You know, we need to concentrate on the league. So, um, yeah, through to the fourth round, please, Palace. Would be good. I mean, uh, there, there is a, a, a reverse factor or, or alternative factor there, which is they're bottom of the league, they're struggling, they're going to give it all in the cup and it's a chance for them to Manchester get momentum. Yeah, they are. They're really not in yeah. a good place, are they? So, you know, for them, it's a chance to turn things around. I think you said that there's 3,500 fans coming yeah, today. Yeah, good, 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 good turnout from them. I think Palace have got that 18,000. So, um, look, uh, it's hope that the fans can, can invoke the spirit of 1990. Fingers crossed. I mean, we've already beaten them once this season. Not forget the home game. Uh, uh, Eddie scored in that game, didn't he? He's back in the in the lineup today. And Palace, like you said, have gone for a really strong lineup. We're not messing around. We're giving it a go. And actually, a year back from today, twelve months ago, was that historic win uh, at the Den um, uh, against Millwall. Um, South London Zars. And, and interestingly, also uh, one of the players who were instrumental that day potentially at the very start from uh, the opposite effect and the game could have gone very differently it was Butland who's gone on loan to Man United what do you think about that move? Uh, well it's, I think from his point of view it's it's obviously you know he gets to train at Carrington with De Gea and Tom Heaton and it's uh, um, you know the facilities and everything it's good for him he's got six months left in his deal I know Palace have got an option to extend it I mean I like Butland I think he's a good keeper um, I can see his, his credentials from obviously his time when he was called up for England and had it not been for that unfortunate was it broken ankle he got against that, in that Germany game 
uh, international duty, you know, he might have had a, a very different international career. Um, I think he's a quality goalkeeper, and I like Sam Johnson as well. Um, so, and obviously, you know, uh, Vinny's a, a, a solid number one. So, it was just a case of Man United needed to replace. Um, it was the the lad uh, who went to, back to New, Newcastle. Uh, he was on the oh, line there. Oh, the D, doesn't it? I can't... The Bravka. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. Uh, and obviously they've gone for a high-quality replacement there. for uh, And for us, I guess, it frees up wages and it frees up a squad space for, for Palace, hopefully, to utilise in January. Yeah, and I think also the cup tie thing is an issue, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. In the sense of moving now. So, yeah, look, strong lineup today. Um, pretty much the same team from um, the last couple of games, really. Obviously, Hughes, Hughes coming in. The back four's the same. Hughes coming in and Eddie getting a start yep. um, ahead of Mateta, which is interesting. But, you know, fingers crossed for a positive performance today. We, we certainly need something to to lift spirits a bit in and around um, Palace because it's been a bit flat last couple of games. Having said that, you know, the fans have really got behind Palace, even when they've been a couple of goals behind um, at home the last couple of games the 3-0 and the 4-0 so yeah seven goals in two games is not good at home and let's hope today is the start of a positive turn at Sellers you're right Rob about that the fans I mean I think it's been a, a notable thing the last sort of 15-20 minutes of the game when Palace have obviously got no chance of coming back into the game the game's dead yeah. the fans have been fantastic um, and sticking with them and you know, it, it, it reminds me a little bit of you know the the administration days when you had the, that those fans you know just getting beat and bad, bad situations, but still following the the club and supporting mm. the club and uh, Palace fans in the, in the face of adversity. You know, still creating a hell of a noise. Um, let's hope that the the players can feed off that. Fingers crossed. Right, so. End of part one then. We're going to leave you uh, for the game now. Um, uh, you're going to be back in part two with a special guest. E&S. So uh, ENS will be, uh, will be joining you for part two. So, so look, um, hopefully a positive result for Palace today. Um, thanks for tuning in. Also, I must say before I do depart, thank you to everyone who's messaged the socials accounts mm. over the last few months. Uh, we are sorry we've not been uh, very active. Obviously, we had the World Cup break in between. That's a good excuse for us. But, um, but yeah, either side of that, not been reactive on, uh, on the pod. So... Thank you very much for sticking with us. Thank you very much for, for those who've messaged and asking for the return. We're back um, and hopefully we're back with a, uh, a Palace victory for you today. So, uh, end of part one. Uh, as always, up, up the, the Palace. palace. Right, welcome back to part two of the Six Pointer podcast following almost immediate post-match reaction following Crystal Palace's 2-1 home defeat in the FA Cup to Southampton. Crystal Palace now have one win in the last six games. Southampton coming off the back of, I think it was five straight defeats, come to Sellers and uh, have, a, have a lovely afternoon. Um, I'm here with Ian. Ian, you uh, enjoyed that one, didn't you? Uh, to be honest with you, I actually did. The last game I was at was uh, the Fulham defeat. Boxing day. Yeah, which was woeful from start to finish. At least we had some flashes and the last uh, 10 minutes probably was edgy of seat so yeah, I don't know it, it was poor but it was more enjoyable as a spectacle than the, the previous one yeah but I, I think uh, the frustration for me is yet another below par performance for Crystal Palace um, given the side that we put out you know Vieira we spoke before the, ma- before the, uh, the match that Vieira put out a pretty strong team and you expected uh, you know Palace to turn up and uh, really give it a go and it wasn't really the case was it I mean we started relatively well 
what, what was it? Eddie scored up to what was it? 20 minutes was it? 15, 20 14. minutes? 14 minutes, there we go. Um, ball in from Zahai in the middle and Edouard got a little bit lucky with his, his bounce off the back of the uh, defender's legs and um, again with the finish as well, it came off uh, Bazunu's leg, didn't it? Um, but then I think as soon as we scored, Southampton had a, a decent little spell of pressure, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, which then resulted in them um, getting a number of free kicks and, well, you can talk us through uh, Southampton's uh, equaliser. You're right in that we come out the traps quick and I think we were a bit lucky with the goal but it, it probably reflected the balance of play at that point. Um, but yeah, Southampton responded fairly well and in games teams always have a spell, don't they? So there's not you don't need to panic or get anxious that Southampton had quite a bit of the ball. I don't think there were too there was too much threat, but they were definitely much more of a presence than they had been. And then we gave away. Was that? They'd had one foul before, hadn't they? Where Gaeta had punched the ball away yeah. from a wall prowse shot. And if there's one thing you'd think about Southampton, one threat they do have for a team that are on the lower, on the whole fairly toothless, it's it's wall prowse set piece deliveries. Yeah. He's known as being one of the best in the league. So you'd be thinking, don't give away any cheap fouls around the edge. If anything, you may be better off letting play continue, letting him have a shot, than you are letting wall prowse get set. And we had a warning when. Gaeta. I think it was quite a good save that one he punched well clear but same thing I can't quite remember the foul but I remember thinking at the time that's uh, that's what you get for ill discipline I think it was yeah. um, and then he's we were just watching the replay weren't we he's, he's put it into a lovely area where the keeper can't quite come for it defenders are going back towards their own goal so he's hit a, a beautiful area Spin on the ball, but then I can understand why Gaeta has left it because if you looked at the flight of the ball it was heading two or three yards wide but the moment it hits the turf kicks up, it? Kicks up like, yeah. a, like a cricket spinner and uh, and completely changes path and it, yeah then it's in the back of the net and everyone looks a bit silly it, yes it doesn't look great I, I, I don't necessarily think it's a Gaeta error that one like you say I think um in that area you expect that your defenders are going to deal with a bouncing ball in the box I think Joel Ward just misses the header for me from my view it looked like Jotam Anderson got bullied walking or trying to get to the ball as well Um, and yeah look if it it skips up and and goes straight in the far corner it definitely actually looks good but uh, there we are and then you say that I I wasn't I think you've been a bit critical on Anderson there it probably does have to go down as a to error on the basis that as a goalie you've got to be covering it uh, it was a vicious bounce but no one touched it there was no deflection it was I was just thinking when you said it, it maybe not a to error so what would you do differently how would you stop that goal going in well, for, well from my point of view where the ball where the ball lands and where it's delivered into you expect your defenders to deal with that right. where it is. So that, 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think is there is more on the defender than, than the goalkeeper there. But um, yeah, I'm sure that given what happened later in the game, people will say this was a, a game of uh, two Guaita errors. So look, it was uh, well. Let's, let's talk about the AU chance as well because there was a theme throughout the game, wasn't there? Of Will getting down to the byline and trying mm. to cut across, and he did that quite mm. well. And Southampton were having trouble with mm. that until they brought Carl Walker Peters on, who you know. I think historically has done quite well against Wilf. Um but that was obviously clearly a, ga- a game plan from Palace to get along that byline and try and deliver the balls into the position of maximum opportunity you know <laughs> Ian and and, um, and look there, there was a case where 
it was AU slid in, didn't they, and hit the bar from about four yards out. Oh, I, I don't actually quite understand how the ball was on the on the deck, and it's gone up up, up to the, uh, the crossbar there. But um, I think that was the, the only other key talking point from from the first half um, there. So that nil nil half time, and Palace. Um, can't remember when the when Southampton scored. Was it? It must have been about twenty minutes to go. Was it something like that? I don't think we had too much of a spell beforehand. Um, there was. We did. We did. We did talk about the Wilf penalty, but I think that penalty uh, call. I think, but that was after the goal. I think, and the goal was uh, for Southampton for two one. Was a ball back to Vicente Guaito, who takes a, a poor touch, and then Adam Armstrong takes it off him, and it's uh, a nice, nice easy finish for him. And again, people will be screaming at the goalkeeper there for two mistakes. Yeah, it was an absolute howler from the keeper, but these things will happen. He's done. He's done very poorly, and he'll, you know, you admit that. But um, I still felt like it wasn't game over at that point. Mm. We we then picked ourselves up, and and really, I thought we had a pretty good go without creating too many clear cut chances. Had a pretty good go. So, had we been a bit better, I think we could have absorbed both of those errors. And let's be fair, the, the second one's a howler. Mm. But I think. They, they will happen in football you look at um, De Gea's one against Everton yep, yep. similar sort of um, just he- head in your hands error from a goalkeeper they shouldn't be making so it, it will happen even to better keepers than Gaeta. Um I think the story is is a, we were probably a bit toothless and yeah. it's it's not fair necessarily to just pin it on the goalie no and, and that's been a theme you know I think against Nottingham Forest and Fulham I don't think we had many they didn't have any shots on targets not for us. I don't know how many we, we mustered against Fulham either um, and it's been a bit of a theme and a bit of frustration for me that we're not creating enough chances like it's, we, we do this passing around and it's almost like we're waiting for the per- perfect opportunity to have a shot whereas I think we might need to have more of a go um, we've got a lot of attacking intent when you consider you know Elise Eze mm. Wilf Edward Mateta you know these players but we're not creating enough for me I think if you want to operate at a high level or, or, or compete at a high level than where we are at the moment which is top of the bottom half of the Premier League yeah, yeah 11th to sort of 15th say if you want to compete at a better level than that uh, Edouard Mateta and Ayu are not good enough in my opinion but the other players around them Elise Eze uh, and Zaha in particular I think are three outstanding attacking players who any of the other teams in and around where we are in the Premier League or even I think where we'd like to get to maybe 10th, 9th, 8th in the league I think those players are, are in the lineups. would be I've got the quality to be in the lineup of our opposition so it's interesting that we have been toothless and you're right we're not creating clear cut opportunities golden opportunities which someone is fluffing up top and you're thinking right put someone else in there and they will be finishing those mm. but we're not even getting to that stage and yet we've got three fantastic attacking players I think and Eze I thought made an immediate in, uh, impact when he came off the bench today you know we, we immediately you know definitely had a bit more impetus didn't we had a bit energy. more drive yeah energy exactly yeah And but Elise you know I've, I've said it for the last couple of the games I've, I've he, I don't. I think he's off the pace, or, or, or something's not right. Really, say. I mean, his dead ball delivery today was shocking, really bad. I mean, it was it was a number of free kicks and, and and corners. I think we had eight corners today to, to Southampton's one or two. Um, 
not beating the first man or, or, or just a really shocking delivery um, and I would have thought that then the manager or the people on the, on the pitch have got to take you know you take him off take him off uh, set pieces put someone else on there um, well, what I thought was interesting around corners in particular is the first of the first five maybe or first four I think three of them we tried to do a routine we, we one of them got played into um, IU by the byline it was yeah. another one got set back uh, to Wilf I think so there was and then there was a third one I can't remember so we were a little bit I wouldn't say gun shy but we were a bit reluctant to swing one in mm-hmm. we were clearly trying to work on something and to be fair if you look at the opposition and granted they, they've beaten us today but coming into this match if you look at the opposition you'd suggest maybe this was a good competitive game you'd have practiced these on the training ground you'd have worked them and worked them until they're, they're working and they're slick and then you've got to take it into competition and you would probably look at this as a game which is worth trying out some routines that you maybe don't want to use against Tottenham or uh, Liverpool you know games that we've got in and around this time of year yeah, there we go. And um, look, we want to thank our, our listeners and people who have, have uh, written in with uh, on Instagram and um, Twitter because Ian, I kindly going to do the honours for me because I've sent you a couple of the questions because I'm on my phone recording here so I can't have a look here. So normally I've got Matthew with me able to do this. So if you wouldn't mind uh, reading out or, or let us know who is uh, getting in touch and um, let us know who uh, what the questions are. What the, what's the first question? Who's it from, please? A text from Gavin. Uh, and he's asking simply <laughs> should Elise be dropped there we go that's a, that's, that's, a, that's concise <laughs> well I guess the, 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 the counter argument to that or, the, or the, the thing to think about is also what what's the other option if you if you drop Elise I mean I don't think we, we've got um, lots of options in, in wide areas Abue who was you know rumoured to go out alone again um, the kid that came in from Derby in the, in, in, in the summer um, it's a strange one because I, I believe Vieira said or it was alluded to that he might get a chance in this game but um, yeah I, I think perhaps maybe you play Eze then instead um, so you do a swap of what, what today was and, and push AU wide but um, I don't know what are your thoughts on, on dropping Aliso? I'm a fan of his personally and I, even today I thought he showed glimpses of his quality I agree with you about the dead ball delivery wasn't good enough and first 15 minutes I was really impressed with him and I was thinking about the pod and thinking to myself he's uh, he started really lively and then there was a throw in where he's just cushioned it back and it's gone straight back out for the throw you know and I thought well there you go sort of uh, what's the equivalent of the commentator's curse the, the, the podder's <laughs> curse um, you read your mind yeah possibly and I, I definitely agree with what you and others have said today that he it wasn't an 8 or 9 out of 10 it wasn't a stellar performance from him certainly not his best he might be pleased with himself but I like him I think he's got a lot of quality I think he offers us something different Eze made the difference when he came on but uh, Elise is just so graceful so composed on the ball he likes to play one touch where others maybe will take a, a first touch uh, before releasing he, he tends to up the tempo he slides across the pitch looking for a pass I, I'm a fan of his and added to which I think you're right there's not an obvious replacement I yeah you know, I would keep him yeah I think, I think some of the frustration also comes from a couple of uh, points today where I think Wilf played a ball out to him and he started running and thought I'm not going to get there and stopped but then he had a, he had a bit of a, a cheer from the crowd so go on and he actually made it and, and kept the ball in 
Um, and then also, I think he's reluctant to put a, put a, put a foot in for the tackle sometimes as well. And yeah. I, I get that's not his game because he's a flair player and he's attacking players, but I get that. But sometimes you need to do a bit of the dirty work. And I think that's where some of the frustration comes from. So I was from watching him and I think, although um, we, we looked like we rotated who was, who was picking up Ward Prowse, yeah. I think it looked like the way Vieira had set it up was that at least they was playing in the 10. Um, I think mean, AU swapped I think quite a lot, didn't they? I think, I think, think he had a free role. Game wide. I think AU was on the right, Wolf on the left, and uh, um, the, the, um, the two lads in the centre. Decore and, and Will. Yeah, and then AU nominally played in a 10, but, mm. but floated around and had a very free role. Uh, not AU, sorry. Uh, Elisa had a very free role to go and find the ball I think but one of his jobs I think was to pick up Will Prowse mm. uh, and I'm only basing this on a couple of phases that I watched but he wasn't always very good at that no. when there was a turnover he would be close to uh, Will Prowse and he, I, it's not Southampton's game they wouldn't dictate the ball but nonetheless he managed to stop uh, Will Prowse seeing too much of it in free play but then when, when there was a turnover or a switch of play he wasn't touch tight you know he would let Ward Prowse drift look around and then realise he needed to be closer to him so yeah he, he wasn't good at that but as you say that neither is that his okay. his forte yeah that's not yeah. what he's on the pitch I think Will Hughes himself actually did right today and yeah. uh, I think he, he did you know well at sort of nullifying what threat that Ward Prowse had from he, open play he likes a naughty tackle doesn't does, he Will Hughes he put one in again today which I thought he was lucky not to get a card for yeah, he's not shy of, of getting stuck. But I think in. we need that at the moment. You know, I think we're a bit too, a bit, a bit too, spite. yeah, we're a bit, we're a bit, yeah. we're a bit too easy, a bit too, you know, a bit too soft, a bit too nice to play against. So you need a few sort of, uh, a few, a few biting challenges. I think. Yeah. And the other one who I would look at that has that about him is Wilf, but he tends to channel that in the wrong way. And again yes. today he lost he his temper, yeah. and I could see him flying in knee high and getting sent off. He he does get that blood rush to the head, doesn't he? And what you need is someone who can play with the fire in the belly, but not in the head. Yeah. Well, thanks, Gavin. Uh, next question, please, Ian. Well, it comes from Stephen, Stephen Harris. Thanks, Steve. Uh, he's asking, uh, on the basis uh, of our run of results, what do we need to change? Which is linked possibly to the Elise question, in the sense of what can you change. But Stephen, Frank, uh, sorry, Stephen Harris is asking, what do we need to change? Well, it's a tough one, uh, Stephen, and then that's the, always the, the million pound question or the uh, 15 million pound question if you're going into the transfer window. Um, oh. There we go. But yeah, I, don't know, I mean, there will be um, conversations and, and thoughts around where we need to strengthen in, in the January window. Obviously, it's not the best time of year to do any sort of business, but the Gonna Gallagher rumours are never going to go away, and you only have to watch his performance. Was it last night, the other night? I think Thursday yeah. night. He came yeah. on against Man City, yeah. didn't he? He did really well. Yeah. He was full of energy, and we do miss that in the middle of the park. Yeah. I don't think potentially that he's going to come back to us, but no. you've got to think maybe someone in that ilk, uh, you know, a high energy midfielder, central midfielder, attacking midfielder, and also I think we need a striker. And yes, granted, it's, it's, it's probably the worst time of year to go and try and buy a striker, yeah. but. Uh, we need to do something else, mate, because um, I think we, we can put sort of plug holes elsewhere in the pitch. You know, you've seen that with um, Klein and Ward swapping places today at, at respective wing backs, and you know we've got cover at, at centre back in, in Tomkins, albeit you know he didn't play come himself in glory the last time he played. But I think those are the two positions. <laughs> That's putting it very delicately. <laughs> I think those are the two positions uh, that we need to uh, really invest in. How about you? Um, what were the two positions? Striker and. 
centre attacker midfield, I think. Um, I don't know about that. Uh, certainly striker, definitely. Uh, I, I, I love Ayu for everything he's done for the club and and how much he continues to work. You know what you get from him, but he is essentially, I would say, a defensive striker, a mm-hmm. defensive winger. Uh, Loves to win a foul though. Do you see he did it in the first half very well, didn't he? He yeah. slowed his slowed his body down and, and invites that pressure. Oh, I think he must play on roller skates. Him <laughs> uh, and then Edward and Mateta, similar-ish sort of players. Big man up top who will hold the ball up, good in the air. Well, I think Edward's better with his feet, isn't he? And it, there was Fine. moments today him and Wilf that had some really nice interplay. But neither are prolific. No. And, and even Edward, when played in, bundled the first touch. Mm. Squeezed it past the striker, uh, past the keeper. Sorry, he's not clinical, is he? He's a decent player. He probably reflects our level. But if we've got aspirations of being better than 14th, 15th in the Prem, we we need a better striker. So yeah, I agree up top, and you're absolutely right. They're expensive. They attach a premium at the best of times, and in the January transfer window, most of all. Just on the note of Conor Gallagher, I'm really pleased to see him uh, playing playing <laughs> yeah. in the Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you looked at Loftus Cheek who I think had was similar for us in the sense that was clearly a class or two above. He was a, a massive contribution to us. And uh, although they're different sort of players, would love to have kept him. And when he left, wished him well in his career. And then to see him, I think obviously he had a horrific injury afterwards, but then to see him... ACL, wasn't it? Uh, no, he broke his leg, I think, didn't he? Oh, um, perhaps you're right. Yeah, my memory's like a sieve. Anyhow, uh, never really got into the Chelsea first team. And it's only now... Um, where are we three years later perhaps because mm-hmm. he had the injury and his spell at Fulham and you know, spell pushing his way into the Chelsea team he, that he's really getting any game time for Chelsea whereas Gallagher has gone straight back there and he's either started or he's been coming off the bench and I'm, I wish that fella well um, fantastic lad did superbly for us and I'm, I'm pleased to see him actually getting into the Chelsea team so yeah if we could get another one of him but he's a he's a, a diamond in the dirt mate I don't yeah. think you get many we did a great bit of business there and you've got to recognise it and be grateful for what it was as opposed to thinking right we need another one like that yeah. I think striker and then there's a bit of I think maybe a bit of strength in depth. I'm no fan of um, Luca, as you well know, and his first contribution today was to give away a foul, seconds after coming on. Um, he needs to go. Wonderful servant and has done a lot for the club. But I think his contract's up at the end of the summer, yeah, and I think he'd go with a You can't be romantic. It's all very well saying, let's keep him to it, but you need someone else in centre mid that's not another option that's not Luca. Joel Ward continues to perform, but... Realistically, if if you want to kick on from where we are, I, I think he's possibly a weak link. Um, I think he's probably going to move inside and he'll be a good backup centre back. I think fine, uh, and he's still got a couple of years left. He did, oh, yeah. he did well today. To be oh, fair yeah. to him, I was just watching him thinking he always he, gets fired up playing against Southampton and being next Pompey boy, obviously. Right, and he got a lot of stick, uh, but he's not. Um, he doesn't offer you an awful lot going forward. I think uh, that that's an area we could strengthen. Um, yeah, for, for me, it's all about strikers, mm-hmm. and then yeah, maybe a bit of depth, depth in defence, depth in, um, in in the centre. As you were saying, I tell you what, I do like though, just loosely connected is is Gay and Anderson, Anderson mm-hmm. are fantastic. I thought they both had pretty good games today, and uh, yeah, I, I look at them and I think they're a they're a, a foundation around which them those two, Elise and Eze. 
I think it represents the future for Palace. I think you could build a team around. There's a part of a spine there, isn't there? there you just need to add the uh, other vertebrae. Okay. So <laughs> the limbs, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the uh, the fluid. Um, right, what's uh, what's the what's another question? Thank you, Stephen, for that. Appreciate that. They made uh, some good discussion there. What's what was the uh, the final question there? Uh, the last one comes through on Twitter from Tanya Wordsworth, who says she loves the pod, which is lovely. Thank you, Tanya. Uh, and she's asking, did we sell the wrong keeper? Now I don't think we haven't sold Jack Butland, have we? But um, was it the wrong keeper who went? Well, look, I, I said before in the, in the first half as well. I'm a fan of Jacks. I, I do like Butland. Um, I'm surprised that Sam Johnston didn't get a go today. He's got me thinking. Hang on, you know, I thought I'd come in here and you know play second fiddle and that, have my chance in cup games. So obviously he got one one go in the League Cup, didn't he, or two goes in the League Cup, and that was it. Um, oh, look. Questions will now be made about Guay. So I guess that question from Tanya also leads on to the fact of who would you play in the next match? Would you stick with Guaito or would you, you know, drop him and, and bring Johnston in? Because uh, you've got to think it's it's one or two ways, isn't it? Guaito, if you drop it, it destroys his confidence potentially. But also, if you don't drop him now, when do you drop him? You know, if you've got a good backup keeper, you know, what's what's the point in in having him not using him? Let's remember, he we've said he didn't think he was solely at fault for the first goal and the second one is a howler that as, as we said the likes of David De Gea or, or one in a thousand passes or back passes and, he did, and he did make an excellent save he, in the second half as well two good saves two, okay. he had uh, the one from Wal Prowse's free yeah. kick which he punched well clear and then there was that one um, I can't remember which, which over, it? Yeah, yeah where he's got one hand to it yeah. a really strong yeah. hand and, and again pushed it well clear So, and he did take the ball to his feet and even after the howler he he took the ball to feet yeah. and he didn't retreat. He didn't hide. He didn't yeah. He didn't um, disappear or melt. So I don't think you do drop him after this, in my opinion. And you say when is the right time? I think if he has a poor game in the next game, you drop him then. Right. So one poor game happens to everyone. Uh, two poor games. Okay, maybe that's the time to give someone else a chance, but not yet. Yeah, fair enough. We on that note though, we do have a recall option on Butland, do we? Because he went there because. Newcastle yeah. recalled I presume we've got a recall on I don't know mate Button, I, I, I know that Palace still have an option to extend his contract at the end of the season um, it depends whether you know he might think that he's now ready to go and play first team football and you know uh, I think there's, there's probably if there's 10 an, if there's an injury to Gaeta or um, Johnston between now and the end do we have the option to recall I don't know I'd, I'd imagine so, I hope so yeah. I, I'd, I'd imagine that'll be the case but then again you know it depends that maybe Man United have uh, put a clause in because of what's happened to Broker mm. and paid a, a sufficient thank you a sufficient loan fee that being the case um, yeah who, who knows I mean we don't know intricacies of the deal no. um, but thank you Tanya for that um, and now's a good time to uh wrap up the pod because the food's arrived Ian so um, and the sun is coming out here in, in SE20 oh. so uh, we might even go in the garden lovely um, Ian thanks very much for your time cheers mate um, thank you appreciate you being on the pod uh, and thanks to our listeners as well for sticking with us and uh, we know we've been a bit um, inconsistent with the pods and fingers crossed we'll get a few more coming your way um, shame about the result but I hope you enjoyed the, the, the cathartic conversation afterwards it certainly made me feel a little bit better what, drinking my Brewdog alcohol free punk IPA Um and yeah, we'll be back with you for the next game. As always, up the palace. Up the palace. The Six Pointer Podcast. Uh-huh.